Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome back to the program. We're talking about Asian cuisine. But not so much recipes and uh, that kind of thing. The book is called Chinese Menu, The History, Myths, and Legends Behind Your Favorite Foods. It's by my guest, Grace Lynn. Uh, go to gracelynn.com and learn more about her. She's really an interesting gal. Grace, we talked about tea, and uh, the section that you have on tea talks about all of those teas that we have great memories of. Jasmine, oolong, there's a section on the origin of tea, uh, and it's a great section to get started. But let's jump into appetizers. You know, uh, okay. at, at my favorite restaurant here, uh, and it's not fancy, it's not a sit-down restaurant, uh, you know, we, we always go back and forth doing egg rolls, spring rolls, uh, dumplings, either fried or, or, or steamed. And uh, there's interesting stories about all of them. Let's pick, uh, let's pick dumplings. Tell us a little okay, bit about the origins. Dumplings. Yeah. Sure. This is great because I love telling this story, especially to kids, because, um, you know, there's, in, there's many, many different kinds of dumplings. Uh, but the dumplings that we are most used to in a Chinese restaurant are, are probably what you, we might call pot stickers, right? Mm-hmm. And you, if you look at them carefully, you will notice that they're kind of boat-shaped. And not only are they in a boat shape, they're also kind of shaped like a person's ear. And that was done on purpose because dumplings, those kinds of dumplings, were actually invented by an ancient Chinese doctor as a medicine to cure people's frostbitten ears. Uh, he was walking through his village um, during the cold winter, and he saw that a lot of villagers were suffering from frostbitten ears. So he went back home, and he made this dumpling, and he filled it with all these warming herbs and spices and meats, and he cooked them, and he brought it to his fellow vig- villagers, and he thought if they ate this dumpling, it would warm them from the inside and cure their frostbitten ears. So that's why he made it in an ear shape, because he wanted people to remember what this medicine was for. Now, the people ate the dumplings. They loved it. I'm not sure if it cured anybody's frostbitten ears, but (laughs) they loved the dumpling so much that we still eat it to this day. (laughs) Well, I can't wait. Next time we get some of the steamed dumplings and it's winter, I'm going to Pull a couple out and stick them on my ears and see what my wife says. That should be good humor. Um, 
There's great stuff in there. The story about scallion pancakes is interesting. Let's go to soups. I, I always have to like flip a coin between wonton and hot and sour soup. Which story you think is the most fun to talk about? Wonton soup is quite interesting because a wonton soup, um, depending on uh, how you say it, um, the people who came to uh, the United States were uh, the first immigrants were probably Cantonese. And so that is why we call it wonton soup, uh, because uh, that is their dialect. And that kind of it, when you look at the translation to that, it looks, it sounds like the words for swallowing clouds, which is kind of a really romantic way about thinking about wonton soup. You think of that dumpling as a cloud floating and you're eating clouds. Uh, but if you look at the etymology of wonton soup, you'll see that that, wonton, the, that, that soup actually references something else. It actually references something called the primordial chaos, which is actually um, which is actually talking about the Taoist creationist myth. So the Taoist creationist myth is that the universe, before there was a universe, before there was a world, there was just uh, primordial chaos. So that's what the soup in the dumpling symbolizes, just like what was here, what was, what was everywhere. It was just this broth everywhere but slowly over thousands and thousands of years something started to congeal in this broth this kind of round egg-like shape and that's what the dumpling symbolizes what that congealing of of something in the universe now the story continues in the Taoist tradition that inside this was uh, this congealed shape was actually an egg and inside this egg was a giant man and after the giant man grew too big for the egg he burst it open the top holding the top of the egg above him and the bottom of the egg he held down with his feet and he pushed these two the top away from the bottom for over like 18,000 million years, pushing them further and further and further away so that the top of the egg could never be joined with the bottom of the egg ever again. And uh, after he finished making sure they would never be joined again, he fell down and died. And um, the top of the egg became the heavens and the bottom of the egg became the earth or the land that we live on. And everything that is on this land comes from him, the, the man inside the egg, which in Taoist culture, they call him Pangu. And so they say that everything that we experience on earth is from him. So one of his eyes became the sun. One of his, his other eyes became the moon. Um, like his, his hair became like the trees and the grass and like his um, flesh became like the mountains and his blood became the water. And the one that kind of gives me the real heebie-jeebies is that they say the, the fleas and the lice on his hair turned into all the animals of the earth. That <laughs> <laughs> was a great story. Uh, okay, so, God, there's so much I'd like to talk about. But uh, you, the next section is side orders. And, of course, mm-hmm. when you get high-quality rice made properly – and it's just sticky enough, so it comes out in big chunks. Uh, mm. It adds so much, no matter what. If you're an American, you're going to put the, you know, your your your, your mushu pork or, or your kung pao chicken on top of the rice, and uh, that that played an important part. And one of the things that 
intrigues me as you read some of the different sections that you've put together and the menu items is just like you said now, talking about the soup, the different dialects, the different words, the different interpretation of the words, and and, and I, the different. I wish I could. I was brilliant and I could read Chinese or, or write Chinese, but the script and to find the, some of these old recipes and read the old stories had to be really a treat. Let's talk about. Now nah, we got to talk about noodles. Uh, let's do that. Okay. Again, sure. you know, here in our country, uh, noodles connotates maybe spaghetti, but it's just so different in an Asian restaurant. Tell us the, some of the lore about noodles. Sure. Noodles is a really important part in Chinese cuisine. I know that here in the United States, we really associate rice with Chinese cuisine. Uh, and like I said, that's because most of the immigrants, the early immigrants who came to the United States were uh, from southern China, from Canton. And rice is a really big deal in southern China. But noodles is actually really important in northern China. And um, noodles are so important that we always eat noodles uh, for your birthday or on Lunar New Year because uh, the longer your, the noodle that you eat, the longer your life will be. <laughs> so you always try to eat a really, really long noodle for, for your birthday or for Lunar New Year to give yourself a nice long life. And now there's all different kinds of noodles. Now, there's all different kinds of pasta uh, that there's kind of uh, – or. Um, I'm, I'm not Italian. I wish I could say it correctly. Like orchietti, it's um, that little round, little cup one, a cup kind of noodle. You know, you have angel hair pasta. Well, for every kind of pasta there is in uh, uh, here in the United States or in Italy, there is actually an equivalent in, um, in Chinese culture. Like there's angel hair, like I said. And in Chinese culture, they have one that's called um, golden golden needles, <laughs> golden thread needle uh, pasta, which is also very, very thin, just like angel hair. And it's so thin that you can put the pasta through the eye of a needle. And like I said, orchietti, which I might be pronouncing incorrectly, I apologize. Uh, that's like that little round, round cup one. And uh, there's an equivalent in Chinese culture called the cat ear noodle. So it's because it looks just like a cat's ear. So there's all different kinds of noodles and they make them in all different ways. They can pull them, they can cut them. But the one in my book is called, um, the one that I talk about in my book is nice cut noodles. Um, now, this was invented because of a time of strife in uh, China. Now, um, Mongolia is a country above China, and during the, during, the, um, during the time, the Mongolians came down and took over China and established the Yuan Dynasty. Now, um, the Mongolian, uh, Mongolians did not trust the Chinese people very much. They were very sure that given the chance, the Chinese people would uprise against their Mongolian overlords. And they were correct. <laughs> now, because they were so distrustful of the Chinese people, they did not want them to have weapons. So they said that there could only be one cooking knife, one knife for every 10 families. So all 10 families had to share one knife. 
And so this made cooking very difficult. And in the story, I talk about how there was this older older couple who wanted to have noodles for lunch, uh, but the knife was in use, and they were the last ones in line to get the knife. And so uh, they were really sad because they wanted to have have uh, lunch, and they wanted to make noodles. And the husband found this odd piece of metal on the ground. It was not exactly a knife, but it could possibly be sort of like a knife. And he brought it to his wife and said, could you use this? And she said, maybe. And she was really hungry too. So she figured out a way to use this odd scrap of metal. She made her dough into kind of a block of dough. And then she sliced off the dough with this odd piece of metal to make knife cut noodles, which ironically was not cut by a knife. But nowadays we do. And we do use a knife, which is why it's called knife cut noodles. I love it. (laughs) That's so cool. Um, Let's take one more break. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the chef specials. You all have had Kung Pao chicken or sweet and sour pork or uh, Mushu pork, one of my favorites, beef and broccoli. You get the picture. Uh, We'll pick a couple of those to talk about. Uh, We talked about the dessert section, a plate of beautiful sliced orange, uh, fortune cookies, of course. Uh, The book is so fun. We're going to give away a copy Uh, After this next segment, don't call now. It's called Chinese Menu, the history, myths, and legends behind your favorite foods. Learn more about the author, Grace Lin, at guess what? GraceLin.com. It's a great website. We'll be right back with another segment, Food, One, and Fun. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 